is that oil or is that thread lock? I don't, I don't know. We'll find out, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, oh, that, that was not fun. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I, I got in so much trouble with the wife on that. Oh, how long What's did it last? I just got to know. How long did that first flight last? Probably not long <laughs> to get things backwards. If I slammed on uh, the ground like mine. Let's see. It takes, what, five seconds for it to spool up and then flip over? <laughs> yep. Yeah. How about that? Welcome everybody. FT After Hours back in the studio here. Mike Coolins, we got you back. Yes. We got you out of the tree stand. You're back, buddy. I'm excited. Feels good. Good to be back with friends for sure. Uh, Everyone's favorite Canadian joining us again, Andre Russo. Good morning. And our special guest today, who I'm excited to have on, talk to, and it's been in the business for a while. All the way. Sorry. There you go. All the way down in, I think, Sarasota, Florida, where it's probably nice and warm. Mike probably lives on the beach. (laughs) Anyway, our guest today is Sean from Get FPV. Welcome, Sean. Yes. Good morning, guys. How are you? Great. How are you? Excellent. Thanks for having me on today. Yes. Uh, How did you survive the hurricane down there? We did really well, thankfully. Uh, we were on the West Coast, so when the hurricane came through, mm-hmm. we just had some uh, decent winds, um, overcast, but uh, we were thankful. Good, good. I know my family lives in Orlando, and uh, I talked to them right before it hit, and I, you know, they decided they weren't going to evacuate. They were going to ride it out, but it actually seemed to kind of turn out not as bad as what they were kind of predicting, so everything worked out good down there. All right. Well, a couple things first before we get into Get FPV. Uh, First, we got to make a couple shout outs, Mike, uh, because we've had a lot of stuff going on. And first, I got to thank Chad Capper for making a little video for us, which I'll have to show you because I know you haven't seen it yet. First of all, I got to give a big thank you to Joshua Ash. He's down out of Katy, Texas. And the reason we're giving him a shout-out is I've been on the lookout for a long time for a park zone albatross. And, Andre, you already know, every time you pull yours out, I start drooling over the stupid thing, and you got a really good deal. And I love that airplane, and it's been discontinued forever. Uh, So the way it worked out, Adam Drain met Joshua at Flight Fest, and I guess they became pretty good friends. And Joshua found this on Craigslist down there. Okay. So he bought it and said if you want it it's yours i can you know bring it to you i can bring it to you at fl- next flight fest whatever and i'm like yeah okay well i just found out the other day adam drain actually paid for it <laughs> so he sent him the hundred dollars so now i owe adam drain a hundred dollars but sometime i'm gonna have a park zone albatross so nice yeah i don't nice. i don't know when so thanks joshua we really appreciate it uh, the other two guys, excuse me, the other two guys I got to give a quick shout out was um, they had the Drone World Nationals in Hawaii. And of course, Chad Capper was down there and all the most of the Rotor Riot guys and everything hanging out. And he stumbled on a couple of our fans down there, Mike. Oh, no. And yeah, and they gave us a big shout, said they listen all the time. So um, I'm going to probably goof these names up, but I'm going to try it. Uh, Ruff. 
Rafino, R-E-F-E-N-O, I think, Rafino and Roman from Switzerland. They're huge uh, FT After Hours podcast fans, and they did a little video for me, and Chad sent it to me. Awesome. So awesome. Thanks, guys. I, I, <laughs> I really appreciate that. And the last guy who's been helping me out a little bit on technical difficulties, uh, Robert Goff. Uh, he's a kind of in uh, electrical, no, not it, not electrical, but like a, an engineer for all this audio stuff. And uh, he sent me some tips and tricks, and uh, he's going to help me out with some things down the road. So I just wanted to say thanks a lot. He's already helped me on some stuff now. So thanks, Robert, for that. All right. Um, hey, before we jump into things. I, I don't know if I want to do this, Andre. You know, probably know where I'm going with this, and I just don't. Actually, can I do two shoutouts and then yes. we'll get on to your little uh, little little event? Yeah, go uh, ahead. So one uh, fellow Canadian, uh, Dale Knopp, um, who basically was part of the uh, first year road crew, uh, parking crew. It's his birthday today, so I have to uh, naturally give him a good shout out. And we have a uh, we have a. Um, uh, a listener who basically overheard our podcast and uh, contacted me. Anyhow, Victor sent up two patch antennas and some other cool gear and even a prop for the, uh, uh, the Corsair all the way from, uh, I think he's in Los Angeles. So uh, I have to say a huge shout out to him because uh, you wow. know, he came back and said, you know, and he actually sent a very specific patch for uh, a TBS to Team Black Sheep for uh, James's goggles. So. Wow. There we go. My part is done. Let's have some fun. I think Andre just posts his address and he gets all this free stuff. <laughs> I know. Somehow. I don't know how he does it. No. He's always. No. Yeah. I'll take. He, yeah. He's probably got an ad somewhere. I'll take free stuff, Andre, with his address. Uh, you know what? Actually, I find it very hard when, when people do that. Actually, I, 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 I'm very We're reluctant. Just teasing, yeah. I know. I know. I'm still. I'm very reluctant because it's like, oh, you know, it's I, I, I can do this stuff on my own. But so it's very appreciative when when people go sure. and uh, you know he was just supposed to send me a patch antenna and it was a bunch of extra stuff in there so i was like whoa nice surprise yep yeah yes exactly okay sean well, i'm gonna tell you my story of what i did yesterday <laughs> okay <laughs> i don't know if i really want to talk about this but i, I will well, you have to now I you hated everybody <laughs> uh and i talked to andre about it yesterday because and i'm throwing him under the bus because he does his just as much dumb stuff as I do. And he tells me his dumb stuff. So I tell him my dumb stuff. So he already knows a little bit about <laughs> the dumb stuff. Yeah. The dumb stuff. And Mike, you kind of know, cause you've been I've around done plenty me. of dumb stuff. I know. I know where you're going with that All right. season. So when you're out flying with me, you know, me and my stupid SD cards Card issues. I did the same thing. I'm always the forgetting day, them so. uh, or, or whatever. Yeah. So it's it's boiled down to where I I carry them things with me everywhere I go under They're, your hat yeah under, in your pockets, exactly every in pocket, my bag yeah. uh, in the the Phantom Three case they're everywhere so I I've done I, the same yeah because how many times we went out and we're like oh, oh either you forgot them or I forgot them and I'm like I'm not doing this anymore luckily we've been able to cover each other when it happened at yes. least when I was with you right. So recently with fall coming around and we have the beautiful colors and the trees and everything, I've been, you know, we've been going out and hiking and doing things at different places and I've been dragging around the Phantom 3. So yesterday morning I got up, shot a little bit of stuff uh, early morning. Actually, uh, I don't know if you notice, Andre, doing some time-lapse stuff with the Phantom, like if... We had a really cool early morning sunrise, so I thought, well, I'll capture a little bit. And uh, 
it looks great when you're watching it, but then when you put it on the computer and speed it up, it's hard to imagine how much that phantom really moves. Have you, you noticed that, Andre? Well, the one time I've done, and that was the other weekend, it was dead you know, calm. Pushing 30. No. Oh, that's right. That's when you had all the high winds. Yeah. <laughs> it was anything but calm. Yeah, but that's yeah, right. It, looked, it still looked fantastic. Did so. it? Yeah. yeah. You talk about movement. My son put a camera on his Nerf gun. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that makes you a, sick. <laughs> him and his buddies are laughing hysterical. Oh, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm getting sick watching this. <laughs> Okay, so after that, I finally get the family moving. We were going to go out and go hiking. Fantastic. So I pack up the Phantom. I'm going to drag it out with me because you never know. We might find something or whatever, but I'm going to drag it with me. So we go out to one of our favorite spots. It's a beautiful place, and we start heading down into the woods, and it's just this beautiful uh, big, like, creek i guess you could say and the sun was coming through the leaves were falling down it had leaves in the in the creek and is, as you go down farther there's a big beautiful waterfall and i'm I, at this point i'm like oh, i'm drooling here you know this is i'm pulling out the thing even my wife's like chris this you ought to scene is yeah awesome. you ought to just pull pull it out and get a little bit of this i'm like yeah you're right let's do it and I have a ton of footage, and Andre, you know too. I don't post a lot of stuff. Most, a lot of it's just for myself. I, I don't know. I just kind of feel funny just throwing it all. I'm like, I don't know if people want to see this. So most of my footage is just for me, sure. you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm in kind of in a hurry. There, I hear some more people coming down. I pull it out, set it all up, do the DJI dance. Everything looks good, but we were in such cover and kind of down in a valley that I really wasn't pulling up only a few um, GPS satellites. So I got it in the air and realized, you know, it was bouncing between Addy mode, Andre, and actually something new that I haven't seen. It was, it said like uh, uh, check fly in GPS something. So it was bouncing into this weird thing that I've never seen. No big deal. Flipped it over to Addy mode. So, so now at this point I'm flying full manual and if anybody has a phantom and I don't know, Andre, if you, if you've, tried this yet or not but the control inputs from when you're in gps mode to when you're in manual mode are quite a bit different the manual mode the the sticks are yeah the sticks are really soft so i had to fly down through this creek kind of in and around some trees and so i was really focused on you know watching the copter where i was going it was basically all line of sight stuff i wasn't looking at the screen that much I get it up, I hit record, and it, actually I heard a ding, and I was like, okay, we're good. I go down, get the shot, come back, uh, shut it down. We walked down to the waterfall and did, I don't know, like probably another 10 minutes of, of flying down there, getting some awesome stuff. I'm like, oh, this is great. Finally, I'm like, okay, I'm done, pack up, and we finish the hike. Now, a couple things, I know I mentioned it last weekend too. I love my Phantom 3, and the more I've been using it, the more I've been getting out and taking it places. Three hours of hiking yesterday with a full Phantom, four batteries, the radio and everything on my back. After three hours, that thing was getting heavy. So I could definitely appreciate having a little Mavic to just throw in a bag. And that was the other thing I hated, Andre, was every time pull it down, you know, with my backpack, and I don't think there's a backpack out out there unless you strap it on the outside that you can leave the props on. So you had to break the props down, you know, throw it in the bag, zip it up, pull it back out, put the props. So that was a pain. That Mavic, man, you just pull it out of your bag, fire it up and go. So big benefit right there. 
So we're done hiking. We do our thing, uh, travel around the Amish country for another hour or so, go back home. And I'm like, oh, cool. I want to check out the footage. Get in the house, pull the Phantom out, go to pull the SD card out of the, the copter. There was no SD card in it. Mike. No. No SD card in I the copter. The screen came up saying there was it no SD card. It does. It <laughs> says right on the screen, no SD card. I didn't even uh, see it. <laughs> you were, well, you were flying, like you yes. said, line of sight. Yes. So, yeah, you weren't looking at I mean, it comes it. right on there because is, this isn't I the know first time saying, I've been. But being in manual mode or flying line of sight, I mean, you, I could see you overlooking the oh, screen. I was fuming. I mean, just like not all that work and all yes, that lugging yes, around and, uh, for nothing. Uh, you better appreciate the moment in real life. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> I mean, I was, I, I was so mad at myself. Like uh, I knew and, where this was going. Was and here was the thing: it, it, I I had the card in it in the morning. It was all ready to go. We were gonna go earlier in the morning. I couldn't get everybody going in the morning, so I'm like, you know what? I'll go out and get some sunrise shots this morning, which I did. Pulled the card out, put it in the computer, was looking at it left while it everybody there. was getting ready, and left it in oh. there. Uh, and I had four of them in, in the bag. You could in have the just bag. popped in. So oh, hey, Chris, yeah. Chris, check your tablet. No, I don't have it recording on the tablet, Andre. Oh, no? You no. sure about that? No, I'm positive. Uh, okay. I turned that feature off because it was, it was filling it like 16 gig on my mini. I, it, it'll fill it up yeah. too quick. Yeah. So well, I don't. It might even have just a reference clip. I know I've watched stuff off my tablet before when I was at, uh, you know, out out to, at my in-laws, and I just had my tablet, and there was stuff there. But um, you know, I'm not sure how you would extract it. But at least you could see the footage again. I don't know. Yeah, I'll try. I'll look. Pain. But it. I mean. So Sean, might have be you? Too painful to relive. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Sean, have you done anything yeah. like this? Am I the only idiot out there that I know, does this not. stuff? I know you're not. I'm sitting over here chuckling to myself because yes, I have. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, we're um, we're working on um, our new facility uh, just down the road from us, and um, I'm actually weekly flying a Phantom Four, um, doing a waypoint mission on it. So every week, flying the same waypoint, mm-hmm. and looking to do a recorded time lapse uh, build of the entire new building of get fpv so oh, that is sweet um, yeah and and one of my times was exactly what you're talking about i got through and i'm like oh no there's no card in here <laughs> i was just in that moment and, uh-huh. and wanted to wanted to fly and it was perfect weather yeah to realize oh man yeah so I, I i i try to make a a checklist for myself now when i go out yes like, batteries charged radio charged phone charge and because Oh, cable. That's another good one. Yes. I've forgotten the USB cable. Yes. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Andre and I have been talking like, I really need to make a checklist. But then here's the problem. You might look at that checklist two or three times. And then it's that point like, I'm good, you know, and you forget right. to. Uh, <laughs> Unless you actually mark on right. there, you know. True. So that was my story from yesterday. I'm still kind of <laughs> bummed about because the problem, <laughs> the problem is, and you, and you know, in Ohio at this time of the year, like next You're weekend, not the, that moment no, again, the leaves know. could be completely oh, yeah, gone by down next like week. Crazy. Exactly. Like even yesterday with the wind, it was gone. The, the winds are starting to really pick up. So you and you can't shoot stuff after work because it's already dark. So you get that one 
maybe two days, you know, during the seven day week to get anything. So uh, whatever. Yeah. All right. Enough of me uh, being a complete idiot. All right, Sean, let's let's jump in. Um, let's talk about get FPV. Let's uh, sure. let's actually go right from the beginning. How it got started, you know, what, what, I, I don't know if a lot of people know. Actually, it used to be called FPV manuals, correct? That's right. That's and right. somewhere down the road or whatever, because I used to order from you guys way back then, actually when you first got started, and then somewhere along the line got switched over to get FPV. So let's just go back in the time machine and start at the beginning on how in FPV manuals even got started. Sure. So it all started um, almost uh, five or six years ago when uh, the owner, Tim Nielsen, um, he, uh, he was working for Sony Corporation at the time in New York, um, lived in, Man- in Manhattan, and um, saw some uh, FPV footage of Trappy flying hmm. through the hills and mountains and they thought, oh man, this is this is awesome. I gotta I gotta do this. So he got in got into flying um FPV then and um uh he's uh being the engineer type he is, he thought, you know what, let me let me try this and let me try that. So um he uh came up with the um came up with the tricopter um uh, that we used to sell and uh, he came up with that design and started flying that around. And um, then uh, he, he thought, well, if I could do that, let me, let me work on the uh, QAV500, uh, the first version. And uh, came up with that design. And he quickly saw that, you know, hey, this is really going to go somewhere. And... And it's a, it's a new market, so um, he what he did at that time is he uh, left Sony and moved down here to Siesta Key, um, which is oh, an island. Yeah, uh, I was just there of, a couple uh, months ago. Sarasota. Yep, it's beautiful. The sand it is, is awesome beautiful there. down there. Oh, yeah, the beach is usually rated in the top ten. Yes, it is. Um, in yep. the U.S. Yep. Yeah, it was like so it was like gorgeous. walking on a, a fine ash. The sand was, and it didn't ever burn your feet. It was pretty phenomenal. I was there for a week. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, moved down here, and at that time he still had FPV manuals. And um, I'll back up a little. While he was in New York, <laughs> he would work his regular shift, and then when he'd go home. He'd fulfill the FPV manual orders from his house, pack them up, and and then run down to the mailbox, ship them out, and that went on for a while. And that's where he's like, "Hey, this this is growing, and you know, I, I think I can make something of this." So that's when he moved to Sarasota, and um, still was FPV manuals at the time, and um, FPV manuals at the time was a was a go-to website for FPV, which at the time uh, there really wasn't much out there, and very very few people right. uh, knew what it was. So yes. he he won't make a one one site for everybody to come in and learn about this. Um, so, um, well, as it grew, uh, he thought, well, you know what, I need to make 
and un, un, a um, little more attractive and a lot um, more refined online store. So he came up with Get FPV, uh-huh. and uh, and so at now at this time he's in his house on Siesta Key, working out of his house, and within a year, his house <laughs> filled up. <laughs> His every room in his house. Now, I wasn't fortunate enough to be there yet at that time, but um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you where I came in. But his house, garage, I, I heard like every place there was, there was boxes, bedroom, and <laughs> they and they, they couldn't, they had nowhere else to put any, any uh, supplies. Wow. Um, so um, he thought, well, you know what? We're going to have to get a building. So he, he found a, a facility that we're, we're in today. And um, that's kind of where I came in the picture, where uh, I was at a Central Florida FPV meet uh, a few years ago. And um, I was a customer already, too, at the time. And uh, it was my hobby. So I, I went over and met Tim and, and uh, Andy Graber. And um, he's the general manager there. And uh, I heard through a little birdie that uh, I heard you guys are uh, moving into a facility. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we're working on it right now. Well, uh, about two to three weeks after that, I saw a posting online. Hey, you want to make your hobby your career? Oh, and man. That, that was it. I oh, said, man. I said, here we go. I, I was at a point where I was I was ready to move move on, and mm-hmm. uh, I I knew this was was going to be phenomenal. So that uh, I joined the team, and uh, it's been over uh, three years now. And um, so the facility we're in uh, now um, is five thousand square feet. Wow. And Tim thought, oh, we'll get we'll get you know three three or four years at least out of this. You know that there's plenty of room. We were we were wrong. <laughs> Within a year, year and a half, we were busting out at the seams there. So Tim's like, "Oh, we're gonna we, we need a new building." <laughs> wow. So, so we went. He went back and forth, um, looking around at used buildings, and 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 building, and then it just finally came down to. Oh, roughly um, less than a year ago, I'd say, he said, we're going to build. And just down the road from us is a is an acre and a half lot that um, is perfect for us. And as of right now, uh, that's uh, Tim did post on Facebook a picture I took from the Phantom. It was pretty cool of the of the construction right now. So this new building's going to be almost 25,000 square feet. Wow. What? Oh, my God. Do you say (laughs) 25,000? 25,000, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, we're we're really excited because uh, most of it is going to be warehouse. But up front, um, as you walk in the door, there'll be a beautiful entrance. Um, And then, of course, we have... uh, uh, lunchroom, bathrooms, and we're actually going to have um, a whole lab set up uh, on the first floor. And then above all that, we'll have a mezzanine 
and that's where the um, office will be. So um, exciting to stuff. Go back, to go to go back a little bit um, uh, about uh, two two years ago. I'm sorry, three, almost wow, three years ago. Um, he was, you know, we were making all of these products, the QAV 500, um, and under the FPV manuals name and the, um, um, branding was seemed to be catching on. And that's where, um, uh, Tim came up with, uh, our Lumineer brand name and, since then, it's been phenomenal. Where we've come up with the, he's come up with the QAV 500, 400, QAV 250. Uh, keep going on and on. <laughs> QAV X, QAV uh, uh, R, and um, the newer one is the the ULX. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have a whole in our building that we're in now. We're packing, shipping. And prototyping with all these machines <laughs> uh, wow. and developing these these new products. So now, now, do you have a rough idea when? I mean, obviously, the FPV stuff—you really kind of had to be in the hobby to really grasp it and know what to do with it and how it worked and everything. And luckily, we, were, Mike, and you know, we were very fortunate to be around David and Chad, who were all in. So we kind of <laughs> got on the ship early and knew about it, but. At what point, Sean, do you did you see to where it this just kind of exploded? Was it the, the the small racing quad market? Was it helping out um, Sharpu? I mean, where where did it get to that point where you're like, wow, this is just A insane? Demand, yeah, yeah. I, I think the biggest growth we saw was right uh, after the QAV 400 came about. Right there, there was. Uh, it was hidden, but some people knew about it. But when we saw the mini quad, the QAV 250, at that point right there, it it, it was when the skyrocket, you know, it just took off. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was happening was um, lipo batteries were mainstream now. Uh, the flight controller, the NASA was at the time was the only thing but then the cc3d board came out uh flight controller and those between the flight controller and the batteries i that's a big part to what made multi-rotors what they are now Mm -hmm. and the guys that were doing uh 3d helicopters and you know i was one of them uh you know we were tired of of building and repairing and building and repairing and the expense of that so it was an it was an easy move for those guys um to switch over and not having to you know do repairs and expense all the time so um that it was around the 250 is when we saw the the huge boom and nobody as you guys know has ever seen um in the rc industry or actually technology um a growth uh, of this magnitude right yeah i totally agree now i'm curious though you know i remember i don't know how long maybe it's even been two years or maybe longer we were here in the office uh and 
Alex says, Chris, you got to see this guy. He's got a YouTube channel. His name's Sharpoo, and you just got to see some of the stuff he's doing. And he showed me a couple of the videos, and I was just like, that can't be real. There's no way right. some guy is flying like this. And <laughs> it's, speed, yeah, it's, this speed, can't I mean. be real. Well, obviously, we know that it was, and he was just doing crazy stuff. Now, he was. Was he buying your stuff originally in the beginning and just because yes. and then you guys seen what he was doing and were like, here, what do you need? <laughs> you know, to whatever, yeah. you, you know, so you guys seen that opportunity real quick and jumped on it, which was a smart thing. Yeah, he Carl um, Sharpu is uh, real name is Carlos. Yes. Um, yeah, he he uh, he he did buy some stuff from us uh, in the beginning and we, you know, we all were every day were, oh, wow, did you see what this guy, oh, wow, look at that, mm-hmm. look at that guy's video. And, and then we saw Carlos's video where he was flying our frame, but what caught our attention was his smoothness. And when he flew in his video at towards the end there where he flew actually underneath this car in the parking lot oh yeah and, i know what you're talking and about then yeah. took, and then took off that grabbed tim's attention <laughs> he reached out to him in the west in the rest of history uh-huh. it yeah and you know he's such a great guy yep and um and he's uh, um you know he's he's been great to work with um, you know his his main job is working for DreamWorks. DreamWorks yes, yeah, yeah uh, animator, animator. Yes. Yep. So very talented but, um, individual all around. Yeah, for sure. um, all around. Yeah. Now, was it really beneficial to have someone like uh, him to do a lot of your testing? You know, as far as you know, this is this is working here. This isn't. You know, or send him say, hey, Carlos, try this. Tell us what about you about think. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, yeah it, he pretty much. Um, he was flying every day um and he his videos were right out it was beautiful right out in front of the the main office there at dreamworks <laughs> and and so we were like yeah let's let me send you these motors and tell us what you think about these and it was these beautiful daily videos pretty much of him flying those motors and and his opinion of it um and um and we you know we were like oh my gosh you know, how is he doing that? Doing those inverted, mm-hmm. you know, hovering upside down, pretty much. Right. And uh, and then there was the scenery too. But um, you know, and then it developed into uh, the first uh, frame, which was the QAV two ten, and uh, that he that was his um, main influence. So you know, what what would you like in the frame, Carlos? And and then Tim and Andy worked with him on that design. Has there been a few things that uh, you came up with or ideas and, and in testing realized that uh, this isn't going to work? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, what what looks good on, on the computer and the designing, and then when you cut it out, um, you know, it's, it's the crashes uh, that will tell, will tell whether or not that usually will work. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, um, vibration too, it, it plays a, does play a, a factor. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's when, when you, when you crash, what, what breaks. So you learn where you need to add carbon or remove, um, spacing in the frame. 
Right, right. Okay, I got a question of my own for you. A um, uh-huh. couple years ago when we were at Toledo, uh, when the head play goggles first came out and we got to yeah. uh, kind of try them and test them up there, I, we were all blown away. Like Wayne, me, Chad, I think I Mike, you were there. Yeah, we were like, this awesome. is it. This is this is the future. This yep. is a game changer. And I think you actually you guys were one of the first people to have them. I pre-ordered yeah. like right away. Um, but looking back a little bit, I mean, I still love them. I, I can't wait to a, maybe a newer revised version comes out, maybe has some diversity, you know, a little upgrade. You know, obviously it's going to get better. Maybe somehow work on the latency. But looking around, I see some people with them. You know, the price point I think is unbelievable. But still, Fat Shark has really got the market, you know, is there a reason why you know more people? Is it is it basically just because the the way they look? I know when you when you, you see somebody with them on, you're like, oh man, them things look absolutely ridiculous. And even <laughs> it's yeah. funny because even Chad Capper, like he he's seen them and tried them and was completely blown away up there. And I thought for sure he, he would get, he would get, get the first one on board. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. he didn't. And he kind of got away from it. And then when we were flying at his house, he's he's tried ours. And every time he puts them on, though, he's like, these things are just absolutely amazing. And I, the last time you flew with him, he had your goggles on. Or, or no, who did – who did? oh, Wayne's. He was down at Wayne's because they're, they're related. Uh, and uh, he was had Wayne's goggles on. He's like, I don't know why I just don't get, get a pair of these. They're, they're unbelievable. But why haven't they caught on more? Do you have any idea or reasons behind that? Yeah, um, from talking with uh, customers, um, and uh, my my title at GetFPV is customer service manager. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, every day I'm on the phone with customers, or, or we're in emails with them. And the the head play does have the right price point. Um, the display is absolutely gorgeous mm-hmm. um, and very very immersive. Um, but I think what is a turnoff is a little bit of the size. Yes, the aesthetics of how big they look. Um, but one part of it is portability. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the size, they're not. You don't just pop them in a little case. True. You know they you, they got to be carried by themselves or in a toolbox or something. Um, that that is part of it. And two, um, since Mini quad uh, racing and flying is the most common. Um, where you're doing low proximity flying, the head plays video is gorgeous. It's very immersive, but when you're flying that low to the ground, um, your eyes there's so much going on that it's it's a little harder mentally to stay focused on straight ahead. Um, so talking with people and using it myself um the the head play um i i prefer to use it when i'm flying like with the phantom or flying planes yeah Uh Um, i call it treetop flying yes yes i love that yeah that beautiful all that view yes more you know you have the time to take all that in Mm -hmm. um where with fpv goggles um of fat shark the the picture isn't quite as big so your eyes can can take in more what's straight ahead mm-hmm. and 
another another part to it is usually the guys that buy the head play have already had uh, an experience with uh, Fat Shark goggles, and it's a big difference. So if you've already been flying with something like the uh, Teleporter, the Predator, the Dominators, or the Attitude, you know, it's a it's a huge change, and some people are like, eh, I don't I don't need all that. I'm I can just you know, I can deal with the you know I'd rather have the portability and mm-hmm. not of the immersiveness when I'm flying my mini quad. So when I'm talking with customers, I I, I hey what do you what are you going to be flying? And you know based on that I try to point them in the right direction. Yeah, you know we. <laughs> We keep joking with Andre because he came down there and visited oh, us God. with his teleporter, and the guy was killing it FPV. And then he finally put the head plays on. He's like, oh, I, I can't deal with it. This is too much for me. And you put those teleporters on. We're like, no wonder you're so darn good at flying FPV. You can't see anything. We're like, tree, Andre, tree. What tree? I don't see no tree. So I told him. Oh, it was quite the experience. Yeah, for us to see what you were looking through. I'll tell you that right now. So I totally, I totally get you know what you're saying as far as being immersive. and That's too far uh, the other way way though i'd like to see something when i'm flying not, not pixelation andre you just went through the goalpost what goalpost what? exactly <laughs> it wasn't even pixelation but it was so I know. distorted like, i know like, oh, wow. oh i know and i I've, I've since stepped up to those attitude v2s and it was like wow and then uh, i realized all my cameras were junk <laughs> 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 but what got me what got me on the on the head place was the um I, I was so used to the two eye uh the two eye cup setup with the bat sharks I went to the single you know the single screen and uh, yeah I couldn't I wasn't comfortable and my eyes didn't know what to do and uh I just found it very difficult to fly with when it's probably what you're saying, the proximity to the ground and everything. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Wow. But and of course now you- of course, now I'm looking for something with HDMI because uh, I've got the, uh, the the Phantom. So it's like, oh, now I'm, I'm back to the drawing board because I'm like, <laughs> initially I was supposed to pick up a set of Dominators with the HDMI port and it would have been perfect, but I got a nice deal on the uh, the Attitude. So mm-hmm. I'm like, eh. Yeah. 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 What, flying, flying with the Phantom um, or the um, Kinex Pro site where it's high definition, the, the head play... Um, has one of the best uh, when you're using the HDMI cord one of the best displays uh, that's where it really to me really really shines um, you, you're really getting the true experience with the quality of what how that display looks um, be, because all of the detail that you would watch later from a GoPro footage or mm-hmm. recording is is there in real time um yeah. so it, it's it's phenomenal what what surprises me about that marketplace is we haven't seen anybody just say yeah we're going to make a just a pure hdmi uh you know no no you know no uh, fpv receiver it's just a set of you know display goggles and you know market it towards that because you're you know do you see that actually do you see that in the next year where we're going back to more dominant base stations versus built-in receivers on the goggles yeah i i think so um we, we sell the head play the view six the 
um, Avogadro Glyph, um, and Cinemizer has made a comeback. It's mm. back, in, back in production. Wow. Uh, we're selling that again. And yes, um, I strongly believe there will be a goggle that'll have the, the full reception. You know, DJI has the first uh, 1080p uh, wireless uh, goggle coming out. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty excited to see that when it comes out. Yeah, me too. What is the biggest seller in the FPV goggles for you guys? Uh, oh, the 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 uh, Dominator and the uh, Attitude. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Other question I have for you, since you're in customer service, is what what's uh-huh. the thing you deal with on a daily basis? Like, what's always whether it's you know some kind of customer problem or whatever. What's the biggest thing you deal with every day? The biggest thing is, how do I do this? I, I saw a video, <laughs> Where yeah, do you start? or or I was with a friend, or I'm already in RC. How do I do this? There's, I go, I'm on your site now, and I see all these parts. What, what do I need to buy? Ah, uh, yeah, to make it work. Mm-hmm. And I want to, and most people are like, hey, I want to make one purchase. I don't want to have to upgrade later right so how do i do this so um between our phone call and email and um we're working on right now actually um you know to make that an easier package uh, transition for people because there are so many choices and you know some people don't have the time but they have the money to buy a, a ready to fly one so it's already um put together you know pull it out of the box mm-hmm. like the uh, immersion vortex or the immersion vortex oh my god version uh the tbs vendetta these are out of the box within two to three minutes you're up and flying so there's that customer and then there's the the guy that wants to build it and um, we're working on a way right now so when you come to our site that uh this is easier so you can make a few clicks and you're you're going down the right path. Yeah. And it's crazy too even a year ago or something uh it was basically build your own. You bought the stuff and you had to build everything. Now yep. it seems to be things are kind of starting to change a little bit to where as the market's getting big, bigger and like people like me don't have a lot of time. This ready to fly stuff is really starting to come around and and you know Two, if you did buy something ready to fly a year ago or a year and a half ago or two years or whatever, it was pretty junky. Yes. Like it was, but like you yeah. said, with the Vendetta and the Vortex Pros coming out, it is high quality. I'm, and again, you're going to pay for it, but like you said, you pull it out of the box, put your receiver in or whatever. Even the DJI stuff's pretty much yeah, ready to go. It's crazy. So do you think this is this is something that's coming around it's going to be bigger and bigger is the ready ready to fly stuff? Yeah, at the the um, the flight controllers, the sensors, that's a another keyword. The sensors are improving so, you know, the the Mavic the mm-hmm. the um the um, Phantom Four sense and avoid, you know, that's going to become more and more. And you, I think we're going to see those um, be on the smaller racing quads, um, you know, de- um, and the way that 
even DJI is is um, getting into this. They've got their propel their small propulsion system coming out called the called the Snail. Believe it or not, <laughs> um, it's, it's a little racing motors and propellers that uh, just push on and twist on in uh, ESCs. And um, yeah, I, I because of uh, their there's more companies in the market. Um, the price is much lower, and so uh, it's more affordable for them to generate these ready-to-flies. Right. And I, I try to tell people, too, I get a, a lot of people that, you know, they see us out flying FPV or whatever, and they're not really into, the, you know, the like just buying an airplane and cruising around. They want to jump kind of head first into, you know, getting something and flying at FPV. Kind of like the jet. You always want that. Yeah, jet. they want the EDF <laughs> jet that does 100 miles an hour for their first plane. They want the same thing with drones um, or uh, racing and stuff. And, you know, you can go online and go anywhere and buy, I mean, just throw out an example, Banggood. They sell a lot of stuff very, very cheap. And mm-hmm. I've been that route a little bit. I've bought cheap receivers transmitters especially i've got burned on antennas quite a few times but it's you know you guys sell good high quality products and when i see somebody that wants to get into it and they're going to spend their money i try to get them you know send them to a place like get fpv and buy some better even though it's going to be more initially you know you know, your first crash, it isn't going to, you know, the receiver's not going to completely be gone or rip the antenna out or whatever. So do you guys see that it's it's hard, you know, when you got somebody like Banggood out there selling super cheap stuff, you know, and you're selling quality stuff and people go on, you know, they got that choice. They're looking at dollar amounts here, you know, one hand versus the other, that yeah. they're going the cheaper route. Yeah, I mean – Part of it is where are they located? They're they're right down the street or next door to these manufacturers, so they don't they don't have to pay for the shipping, the handling, um, as as we do um, here in the states. So that that's a part to um, their their pricing. Um, you know, like Banggood, they're such a large outfit. Um, I'm sure they're able to buy in uh, larger larger quantities, but one of the key factors to this um, hobby, and you guys know this, is when you do have a crash and and uh, need to repair it because they're all going to crash at some point. Um, how are you going to get your parts? Mm-hmm. Where can you get your parts? And let's say you have a hard time with that flight controller or that servo or something where, where you know how who can you contact you know um you know back in the day it was you bought it online and then you tried to search the forums for for a help and um that's where we really um are very hap- happy to provide you know the customer service so if you buy the product from us we're here to help you out uh, with that product and um, get it to you very quickly. Um, we just um, recently uh, started providing two-day free shipping anywhere in the U.S. over sixty dollars. So, oh, that's big! Uh, awesome. That's big. Yeah. Yep. And we have a, a counter 
counter on every product. So uh, where it's counting down to 2.30 Eastern Standard Time. So it'll tell you if you get this in before this time, it's going to leave our facility today. So, oh, wow. So, so your 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 shipping and and com- um, commitment department must work like crazy after one o'clock. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. All hands on deck. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets crazy. Um, it's and, nice uh, to hear that customer service yeah, that you provide because you don't find that no, it, and that he, is truly a precious uh, thing he, to have with your company. Yeah, and here's the thing, about. Sean. I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. There's been times I've needed something quick. Go on your website. You have it, but I know the shipping's going to probably take about a week from Florida to get up to me. Pop over to ReadyMade, which is right in PA, and I know I can have it in two days. So, you know, if I'm in a hurry, I'd go there. But, you know, when you got an option to where you know it's going to be there in two days, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're... You we're, were just saying we're, that, um, too. Mm-hmm. We're pushing really hard on, on that side. So, yeah, so... Paying the paying a little bit more um, for something that's here in the states, um, it 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 I think it's well worth it because my personal experience um, before get FPV, you know, I I bought some things uh, online and and then uh, had not you know when you when you get it and it doesn't work, what mm-hmm. do you do? You know, who right. are you going to talk to? I, I've been there, done that myself. I'm always, you know, trying to save a yeah. dollar, and in the end, it usually bites me. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. I said, I've had cheap receivers. Sometimes I got them in the mail, and they didn't didn't even work, like, you know, right off the bat. So then you got to fill out a form and try to contact them, and it could be two months later if you get an, an it, you know, for the 20 bucks I paid for it, it ain't worth my time. Most of you know, I've gotten cheap antennas that, you know, I got 20 feet out and had no video. Re- I mean, I've been there, so I've learned my yeah. lesson for sure. Yeah. Yeah. LiPo batteries, especially, you know, um, the, uh, you can get a battery and all of a sudden you, when you get it, it's the one cell is bad, you know? So mm-hmm. you just got to say, Oh, I got to throw that yeah. X amount of dollars away. Yep. Been well, there too. But yeah. We, we're, we're, um, you know, shipping batteries has become very, very tough uh, for the whole industry because yes. of uh, pretty much the hoverboards kind of put a bad light on that. But, um, yeah. um, but we're able, we're only able to ship the batteries uh, over ground shipping now. So right. Yeah, that put a dampener, I think, on everybody. And uh, I don't think this Samsung phone battery issue is really helping anything (laughs) either, you know? No. Um, Sean, where do you think down the road, you know, you've seen how the steps this hobby is going and where it's growing or whatever. So say a year, two years down the road, where do you you see this? Or what direction do you think this is kind of going? Well, um... I really think we're going to see a lot more integration. Um, the flight controllers are still getting better and better and better. Um, they're still considered, you know, um, on the simple side. You know, we're, we're, we have accelerometers, gyros, and a magnometer in there if you have a GPS um, and a compass. And... You know, with the Mavic is 
kind of is one of the key features there. Um, the the sonar sensor, the sense and avoid, um, the actual flight controller internally. You know, I think we're going to see a lot more uh, in the technology realm. There is is growing huge. Um, that we're going to actually see a little bit, actually a little more like little computers mm-hmm. on there, and where they're actually learning. And um, I'm going to, or I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Um, I'm hoping the battery technology improves so that the the batteries will be uh, lasting longer, and um, you know our our flight times will will improve um, considerably and 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 be safer too. Right. Um, but but um, yeah, it uh, you know frames. It, it's hard to say. Um, you know we see we see all different kind of experiments of you know four four blo- uh, multi rotors from four motors to six um, but um, uh, it I, I really think the uh, technology is we're actually kind of in the beginning of, uh, of where where it actually is going to be going so um, you know I, I'm seeing um, VTOLs no, mm-hmm. or the Horizon Hobby just came out with that beautiful plane. <clears throat> um, so there's going to be a lot. I think a lot more of integration. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned frames, mm-hmm. so I want you to touch on something. There are nine million frames out there. Like you type in quad frames on <laughs> Google, and you'll lose your mind. <laughs> yeah. What makes a good frame? I mean, why would somebody pay twenty dollars for the? one X frame or buy a high end one for a hundred. I mean, what's the big differences in frames? The quality of the carbon, uh, is one of the key factors. Um, there are different levels of carbon fiber and, um, the other part to it is, um, with many quads is the thickness that the manufacturer chooses. Um, you know, the, the mainframe um, might need to be uh, four millimeters if you're crashing a lot. Uh, if if you don't tend to crash a lot, and uh, you can actually go with a lighter frame, which would be more like a three millimeter. Um, the uh, pieces to make the top plate or the sidewalls, um, we've seen a huge change in that department. Um, we used to just have one and a half millimeter. You know, now uh, two and a half to three millimeter is being used to uh, hold up. So it, it's it's um, it all comes down to the the carbon. I gotcha. Um, as far as size, you know, even a while back, I thought you know a two ten. Holy cow! It's a two ten size quad. It, it can't get any better than this. Now they're down the one eighties. Yeah. Now they got one fifties out. Now I just watched a video of Steel Davis with a tiny whoop that was a full aerobatic, you know, uh, micro inductrix. quad. Yeah, inductrix with uh, air mode. You know, and I was right. like, this is this is insane. So is this kind of where we're we're heading? Is they're just getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and we're going to keep focusing our our interest in this for a while? Do you think? Yeah, um, you know, there's key things there. The, those little 
uh, frames hold up when they crash because they're because mm-hmm. of the weight. Yep. Um, the uh, the uh, again the, going back to the technology of the flight controllers. You know, they're they're able to put so many components on these little boards. It's just mind blowing. Um, and the sensors. You know, I'm sure they're working on little sensors right now so that you know it'll know where it's at, and it's only this big. Where it, you know, back in the day, it was over five, five, hundred uh, uh, millimeters. You know, so um, yeah, the the um, motors uh, are changing too. Um, you know, a lot of these are using brushed motors. Yes, I think we'll see a. a um, you know the brushless motors uh, improving as they get smaller too. So um, you know the, these little guys are so much fun. They're you know you can fly them mm-hmm. um, on a non-windy day um, outside, but primarily indoors, and um, and they they won't hurt anybody. <laughs> yeah, we just had a big discussion on our last podcast about that. Like, you know, the Inductrix and the, the Nano QX and all these small quads last year were just, it was unbelievable. And now they're taking the Inductrix and putting a board on it and upgrading the motors. And so I guess like you were just talking and we were talking in the last podcast, the big downfall right now is on the super small stuff, Mike, you still got the brushed motors and we're still running on those stupid crappy one cell batteries that you know you're still only getting maybe three minutes of flight time and those those batteries only maybe you're lucky to get a year out of them you know it was funny that yeah uh i was talking we'll give him a little plug steel davis was watching his uh his video on the on the the inductrix that he was flying of course it's all hopped up but like you know he put a 150 milliamp battery in it and puffed it when was the last time you see somebody puff a, a, a 150 <laughs> yeah. milliamp one cell battery? You know what I mean? So if we get something out there that's got some brushless motors, it's the size of the Inductrix and, and maybe probably step it up, maybe do a two cell. I don't know. It would be the ultimate at this point. Yeah. I mean, that little guy, um, as you could, as you could see in Steele's video, um, it, it's just insanely fast, yeah. you know, to the point where it's almost borderline uncontrollable <laughs> right. when you're flying FPV. Right. But yeah. The improve on the, the flight time and, um, to make it a little more and more, uh, stable. Um, it's already stable now, but mm-hmm. we always think it's unbelievably stable until yeah. somebody comes out with a faster processor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unreal. I, blows my mind so you know i was big it once the snow flies and we're not going to be doing too much you know outdoor flying here i mean on the top of my list was getting the inductrix uh fpv i mean that's right on the top of the list but now watching steel's video what they got going out where it's i mean you should i have to show it to you mike he's in his house full aerobatics loops rolls it's got air mode he's rolling upside down uh, they finally got rid of the stupid circular polarized antenna that breaks every time you crash. You know, put a small little linear one on there that you know just you know moves when you when you wreck upside down. And I'm like, that might be for me right there. You know, it, it, it's crazy. Yeah, I tell people if you haven't seen his video, uh, you got to watch it. Yeah. Imagine watching when you see his videos when he's flying outside. Imagine he's 
that inside in, the house. In the house, Mike. In yep. the house. <laughs> it was, it was Unbelievable. Re- yeah, really cool. And it was funny. <laughs> and he probably sold every bit they had. But I got on the <laughs> website there and was just, you know, looking around. And everything was on back order at the time. So, yeah. We we can't we sell the little camera transmitter that goes on there. Mm-hmm. We sell the Inductrix. We can't keep them in stock. The Horizon no, no copy, yeah. yeah, they can't keep them uh, coming to us fast enough. Wow. Uh, let's see a few more. Qu- Go ahead, Andre. I've been hogging up the uh, microphone no, no, no. here. It was, on that subject, it was interesting because yesterday I was, uh, you know, I'd love to get an inductrix, but I've got a perfectly good nano FPV. But yesterday I was showing Chris, I had a stack of uh, 1S packs that just wouldn't hold up. And uh, I got a really neat note from Gary from uh, Great Hobby saying, maybe it's the connector. And uh, I see on your site you've got a, an e-flight that's got a little JS uh, T connector yes. on it. So I'm I'm thinking about I've got one that the, the the top has popped off. I'm thinking about trying to experiment with that because um, I don't particularly think the quad has got a high draw. But obviously, you know, I, I've seen batteries that sit you know little one S's that'll sit at four point you know four point one volts, and the 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 system will just shut down, saying no, it's not right. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some experimenting, obviously, because it's like ah, oh, you know, I've got all these nice packs, and they're all kind of just slowly dying off, and even the E flight ones don't seem to last very mm-hmm. long. So I'm like, no. oh, come on, I was I was upstairs, pretty high up, at a, at a one point in the house, and it just tanked and yes. I'm like no, and you hear a thud, and my wife is screaming at me. Yeah, like, oops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah, is the- a, a coworker uh, that works with me in uh, uh, customer service. He uh, actually uh, read about that, and because he because he uh, has that whole setup, uh, like Steel has, and um, yeah, he read and uh, did the took off the little white connector on the end of the battery and uh, soldered on a JST connector mm-hmm. and then on the quad switch it to jst and hmm. he's not going back every one of his batteries he switched really and a little longer flight but definitely the power yes i'll be darn huh i'm gonna try it i'm gonna try it um you know just just on a couple of them for now because to do the conversion would be silly at this point because it'd be you know well, actually no it's not silly it's just you're sitting here going okay but if i can get a few of those packs to actually function and try mm-hmm. it out but uh yeah, yeah. We, we had a really good um really good debate about whether you know what was next but i'm sitting there going you know what there's nothing wrong with my old nano I still love flying that thing and I'm just having fun but it was just like yeah you take off you do it you're up for like 20 seconds and it goes and shuts down so it's mm-hmm. like, okay something is wrong with these, these packs so right. we'll, uh, we'll experiment a little more but uh, it's fun to see and, and for us of course you know we're always going to have that indoor element and even I was late to the game getting my nano but it uh, it worked out alright for last winter and you know just fly along it's fun to see how uh, things have progressed and how my flying skills have progressed with the thing <laughs> Yeah, when, once you, if you if you the key I think what the key is um, if you upgrade the motors, the motors are, are calling on a lot more power than what that little connector um, uh. Uh, can pull. Right. So you know um, when you're flying with the micro radian or anything small, eh, it it's it's not needed. But uh, uh, for these little quads and the souped up motors, they they do need the power. That makes sense. I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Because my motors are stock, but yeah, it's interesting to see. So the batteries are basically, 
they're probably done in that point then because they've probably drawn too much out of them or they've overheated. But I'm going to switch a few and just see if they charge clean, if I can do a nice clean cycle and get a couple of them back up. It'll be a little sure. good little science experiment. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you puffed one charging it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. I showed you the photo. <laughs> that was nuts. Uh, that was that little uh, one of those little USB chargers. I'm like, nope, not doing mm. those anymore. Yikes! <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, yeah, I'd never seen a one S go that fat before. So I'm like, okay, put that away. That one goes into the recycle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. When, it goes, when you're going to charge those batteries with the JST, it, it makes it easier because now you can use your standard LiPo charger mm-hmm. with yeah. a with a squid uh, setup. With you have a bunch of JSTs out there. Yep. Yeah, and, and and you can charge them all at one time. Right. Yeah. right. Well, I've got one of those for the little micro uh, connector, but I don't uh-huh. like. I've 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 found the uh, and I suspect the reason. Yeah, my God, English is not working today. I suspect some of the issues I'm seeing with them is because I was trying to do bulk charging, but uh, and I always check the voltage on them too. But eh, well, I'll do some experimenting and see. But it's uh, you know it's just it's just frustrating because you sit there and. It, it's a Canadian problem because I'm either going to have to pay an exorbitant amount of money for one battery uh, out of my local shop, or mm-hmm. I have to, t- or I have to pay, you know, like FedEx shipping on, <laughs> you know, on a battery because I've got to come in international. So it's like, right. you know, it's a bit of a nightmare these days. Now you were talking about you can't keep the uh, the stuff for the making the tiny whoops, but my question is, what is your most popular item? What is your number one seller on getfpv.com? Um, hmm. Let's see. Um, it's, it's gotta be right now, um, propellers. Oh yeah, that's true. Propellers. Yeah. Um, you know, um, the, uh, Propellers are probably number one. Um, the next would be a battery. I was going to guess the batteries. Batteries, yeah. Yeah, that's the next thing. Um, but, um, you know, with our uh, – the right now, as, a, as of today, the racecraft uh, props, we, we put them in oh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, and just the other day, we got some of the newest ones. They sold out overnight. Overnight, all of them that we put in gone. We were like, "Oh my word!" Wow. Um, yeah, that's another thing that I'm really surprised. Like, you know, basic prop shape and everything has been pretty stale for a long time. And now that the racing quads have come out, like the prop companies, whether it be HQ or somebody else, they have stepped up their game huge as far as what they're doing with props nowadays. Yeah. Um, well, on on that. Um, front we actually we actually make our own propellers we have a aeronautical engineer on staff that designed them from scratch we we didn't copy any any airfoil on the market Mm -hmm. um he he put the algorithms in and um and when you know set it to here's what i want for efficiency and thrust and and the computer (laughs) came up with the airfoil design and um uh, we've we've sold a lot of those props. Um, it just the material was uh, the one one thing about them that was uh, uh, we we tweaked and uh, we're um, produ- producing right now or we're going to be coming out with them any day now. Um, a material that 
the racing guys are going to absolutely love that's durable and uh, when they hit a gate or they have a little crash they don't just pop off and break where it gives them the ability to continue to fly Mm -hmm. uh, and at least try to finish or you know um uh, when you're going through so many props it get but it does get can get pricey so if the props can hold up to a lot of crashes even though they got nicks um uh, that's huge so um between our airfoil and then our new material uh we're really really excited about that so um but yeah we 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 have hundreds and hundreds of different uh propellers in the store and uh it's pretty amazing how many go out the door yeah for sure and you know my opinion uh i think something and like you just talked about they're 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 changing their formulas and changing you know what they're using to make them like just for an example when i had the the mini tricopter david's and he had the the high dollar hq props on you know all the testing he did you know that was the best prop that gave the best performance but every time i hit the ground i was snapping one of those off so i switched over to the dal's and i really couldn't tell a performance difference but i think you know i could go eight nine crashes and not break anything because it just had that little bit of flexibility and for me something like that made a huge difference to where i wasn't changing props every time i hit the ground and it gives you that little bit of Hey, I'll try to squeeze through between that tree and that brick and wall. Worry about it yeah, because so you know, I, I know if, if I if I hit it, it may not break, you know, break a prop. But there for a while, man. Because luckily, I was fortunate. David sent a lot of props over with me because I don't know. Maybe he knows how I fly. I don't know. But you know, there for a while, I was like, I'm done with this for a while because I just every time hated you know change the props you fly for a minute crashing as you change and then it got to that point where i didn't want to try different things or new things because i didn't want to change the stupid props you know yeah. so it makes a huge difference if you, you come up with something that's got more durability or, or flexibility but still has that performance i mean props I just are huge. bought a ton of hq prop did you really <laughs> i told you to go with the dal <laughs> well i got so many i'll yeah, be a lot i'll tell that's you good them now wow yeah the what, what I've seen um, personally um, over the many years I, I've been doing this is electronics, you know, um, how they've changed. You know, they came from electric cars and then electric planes took that technology and then that the electric planes changed a little bit. And then the multi-rotors, well, we took electric ESCs from planes and put them on a multi-rotor and... And then that's all changed now for, you know, speeding up the processors and the components on the ESC. And I think the same thing is going on with propellers. You know, we're taking a, an airfoil that works on a plane um, and a fixed prop and then putting it on a multi-rotor. Well, uh, with the changes that are occurring to the propeller, we're, you know, we're seeing some crazy shapes mm-hmm. uh, that we're designing and and seeing how they affect that on the computer, it's it's amazing. And uh, you know, you've got such a small propeller, so a lot of things have to uh, have to be changed to get the most out of that little propeller. Right, right. Now, uh, I wanted to ask you too. You guys, do you ship all over the world? 
Yes. You do. All right. Now, yep. my, my question is for our Canadian friends, especially Andre. Yeah. They're always having trouble getting stuff, especially uh, from the States up there without it costing like abnormal amount of, you know, shipping cost. What right. can... What are, you, what are you guys doing, or how is there any way around this stupid USA Canadian thing? I mean, even if I ship a, a package through my wife to FedEx up to Andre, it costs me 30 some dollars in shipping for uh, you know, the size of a carton of cigarettes up there. It's ridiculous. And then yeah. FedEx bills me afterwards, Chris. Yeah, I know. I, I know. It just blows me away when I could, you know, if I was close enough, I'd walk it to you. Yeah. Um, we have a lot. It's just a lot, a lot of customers in Canada, and um, and actually, um, great, great hobbies is one of uh, our our dealers. Um, he he carries uh, a lot of our Luminaire gear, and if you're shipping, yeah, if we if we have to ship certain things, UPS um, like batteries because they have to go ground. So that mm-hmm. means you're going to have to pay their duty fee that they charge um but if you can if you're able to ship it usps Mm -hmm. um they don't then they don't there's no additional charge oh uh, on that so it's just ups and fedex has Mm -hmm. has their fees gotcha yeah hey besides the states what's what's your biggest market out there uh countries yeah um a lot in Brazil, um, Brazil, South Korea, um, <laughs> unbelievable. Like, really? There, yeah. There's actually a Lumineer team that we didn't even sponsor them or pay. They just go, hey, look, there are Lumineer gates that we made, and we buy all our all we do is fly Lumineer gear. We're like, what? This is amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, in South Korea, when they when they uh, when they get involved with something, they go all out. Um, kind of like in the gaming industry, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 amazing. Um, Canada is huge. South Korea, Brazil, um, the UK is another. Uh, probably those are the top. Um, we have a few dealers in in the UK, but even just um, uh, one of our biggest regular customers is is in the UK, um, so yeah, that that probably be the top three or four. Hmm, interesting. Wow, Korea! I would have never South guessed Korea. Korea. Andre, yeah. I, I'm hogging up the mic, buddy. Did you have any questions for Sean? Uh, I mean, all this subject. I guess we'll stick with the FBB stuff because, well, that's your bread and butter. But have you? Um, do you think uh, I mean based on some of the events we've seen recently we're still struggling with that whole frequency management issue mm-hmm. um, I know we're looking a lot at the um, at, at the digital end of it but I don't think the digital end is really going to be is going to save us as far as you know getting you know more aircraft in the air as far as for for race events for example but do you think there's going to be a nice mishmash where we're going to see some of the analog technology which still has good latency and, and uh, you know gives good uh, you know single strength and then you know utilize some of that digital channel control uh, if, they, if that makes sense at all yeah 
Yeah, and I got to, uh, on a side note here, Andre, I got to say, I, I really like your YouTube channel. Uh, I, I follow it, you know, I have it, I'm subscribed, so wow. it's great, great content there, you know, uh, so it's a, it's an, it's a joy to watch. Um, yeah, I, HD is here. Um, it needs to be tweaked and, and then I think it will be the future because, um, HD is like when we went from 72 megahertz to 2.4 in the radio, that's where HD will be or is, but it's pricey right now. And two, it's, um, the gear is, is a little, it's a little big. Um, the pro site is, uh, um, the connects pro site is a phenomenal system. Um, but, um, it just, again, it, it's, uh, $400 yes. right now. And, and, um, and the camera is a CMOS camera. Um, the transmitter, it, it works phenomenal. But for everybody, no, it, it's it's not for everybody just yet. But we we did a race. Um, we flew in our our sponsored pilots here to Florida, or they drove in, and we did a race. We wanted to see um, could we get six pilots in the air at the same time in one race and. And what were we going to experience? Was it going to be a big failure or was it going to be success? And the video quality and links were perfect. Hmm. Absolutely perfect. We had no problems at all. Um, then, and, uh, you know, who, we don't really know yet exactly the most that we can get. But I tell you, when you get that many in the air, it you end up, running into each other so to have more than that um yeah it, it doesn't really benefit anybody but um the the antennas held up really well but um connects is working on a new antenna right now to for that system to make it smaller um and so i think when we we're going to see that improve um in price point and on size it's going to be more and more mainstream. Um, the, you know, that system, uh, part of the way it works is it, it, one of the settings is it's hopping on all the channels. So yeah. you you turn on your system and you just go to your tra- um, go to your um, transmitter. Uh, if you have multiple and you want to spectate, you just go to the person. You you see their name. You just go to the person. Uh, you don't have to worry about the channel, um, but what you also can do um, is you can lock it on a specific channel or band, and and then just stick to that. Um, so it 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 um, it really works well, and the the picture is absolutely phenomenal at 720p, um, and the pro site. Uh, another thing about it, it doesn't have any range limit in in the software, whereas the first two that they came out with uh, were limited based on um, they had a distance um, uh, limitation in in the software. So, um, so you know, it 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 changed. It's a it's a it it's not made for every frame either. That, I think that's the other part. Um, you know, it, it needs to be on something 
um, like our QAV are, uh, we designed uh, the, the pro site with that and um, you know it uh, it works on that but smaller I think time will tell well yeah I, I mean look look at look at a little 600 milliwatt micro transmitters we're, we're, we're all enjoying I know. now right so I know I mean yeah. I remember when I got in and I you know I bought my teleporter kit you know and I've and not too it's funny because that old that old fat shark transmitter, you know, a two hundred fifty milliwatt. It's basically my bench transmitter now because it's it's so, so big. big. I'm like, ah, and it has, you know, you've got to break out the power module and you know the filter and all this. I'm like, well, you could just I'll just use that on the bench. And it's also on a, it's only got eight channels, right? So it's, um, and and that's only been in a span of what three years or less. So yeah, it's, yeah, uh, it's exciting, but it's at the same time now you're sitting here going, well, you know if you're you know on the, on the verge of needing a new set of goggles do you wait you know are you uh, you know that's that's the i guess that's the part of the problem with technology right you have to make a decision eventually or you wait forever right? <laughs> never get the joy yeah because uh, my personal opinion mike and you you were back there in the the uh, i'm gonna say the old days but you know when for instance uh chad capper and josh bixler you remember when they had the old swift XL wings that were huge and you know after we do a shoot or whatever those two would throw them up and I think in a way we almost went backwards with the FPV stuff because I remember you know when they were flying on 900 megahertz back then Mm -hmm. and they could go just about anywhere they wanted never had any problems interferences and we'd we'd play past the goggles around there and just they'd be up cruising around with them giant swift wings and just having a ball following each other around and you know slowly we moved over and i i i think sean's basically just because of antenna size but you know we're we're now doing the 5.8 we have the nice small antennas but as far as quality and range and everything the i think the 5.8 sucks i mean that's just my personal opinion it has gotten better here recently um but do you do you ever see us moving away from i mean besides the hd though i don't know if there's really anywhere we could else we could go from 5.8 anymore well if uh, if you look at the the some of the newer um um a mainstream frames that are coming out from DJI and Parrot, like the Parrot Disco, mm-hmm. the DJI Mavic, and the Phantom, uh, and Inspire, they're all using 2.4, and it's all right. HD. Right, they're right. Transmit HD. So, you know, see, so yeah, 5.8, I tell people its weakest point is it's a short wavelength, so mm-hmm. it doesn't penetrate through things. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're going to see more 2.4 or I kind of wish 3.3 would catch on more, but, yeah. um, you know, I think we're going to see more of that um, in the integration of the controller in the video system. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I'm just blown away that the Mavic, they, they're advertising that it goes four miles. I know. So, yes. You know? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Phenomenal, you yeah. know? Uh, so uh, it's I, I saw a video of somebody attempting that, uh, and they had a headwind, and they got to uh, 3.8 miles, and then had to come back. But wow. um, we're gonna, you know, on the Mavic coming out real soon here. I think we're gonna see a lot more videos of that. So, yeah, I was. Uh, I don't know if I'll get my hands on it. I'm, I, every time I come in here, I look for it. But it's probably at somebody's house. But I know, you know, obviously, Flight Test has a Mavic. Mavic, everybody listening, Mavic, yeah. not Maverick. <laughs> I got it. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, my buddy, like my coworker, just bought one. He got it Friday. Oh, maybe Friday we can morning. fly it. You, you <laughs> go talk to him. Tell him to bring it down. This. I'll bring my phantom. Yeah. We'll compare anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm really curious with the range because uh, I even watched the little uh, review that Alex and Austin did. You know, with the Phantom Three and the Phantom Four, you still got them little quirks with it, where you know it, it'd kind of drop out or it'd get pixelated in certain spots and. I know now. See, I upgraded mine, Sean. I don't know if you've ever tried them, but I put the FPV LR antennas on my Phantom and absolutely love it. I, it made yeah. all the difference in the world. But anyway, stock around here with the terrain and and the trees and everything, I I know what the stock Phantom would do. So I'm really curious to see how much better the Mavic is because according to Alex and Austin, you you know, it kind of that new software program or whatever they did with that, that new setup, it, it, they said it kind of alleviated them, you know, having the the pixelation or them dropouts every, you know, that you get every now and then. So I'd, I'd love to test that out and see what the stock range could get, especially around my area with, with, with everything I got going on. Hmm. Yeah, me, me too. Um, we're, we're, um, supposed to be getting them in in the door really soon here mm-hmm. and um it that is the hottest thing right now uh out there uh every day uh, people are calling when's it coming in when's it coming in mm-hmm. so um and uh another thing we'll, we're going to be selling uh which we just put up on the site is the gopro karma so oh yeah um, yep uh, that's the other one that's going to be very popular yeah, I mean, we did a huge review on it, but I, I still think, you know, us being tight-knit in the industry and knowing everything, you know, we feel the Mavic might be a little bit better and has some features, but like we talked mm-hmm. about in the review, there's so many people out there with GoPros or know the GoPro name or have their camera or whatever, so as soon as they see that GoPro has their own you know, flying drone and they can use their camera, I still think it's going to be a huge be seller. Yeah. yeah, there's no way around yeah. it. Um, so we'll have to see, um, DJI did a, they're, they're pretty smart in their marketing though. I I think they might've jumped the gun a little bit, kind of like GoPro, you know, they announced it and everything and now everybody's waiting, waiting, waiting. And then the Mavic came out and they, they did phenomenal marketing with throwing it in everybody's hands and getting some test reviews out there. But now they're on a, a slight delay from my understanding. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm not sure how my, my coworker got one so quick cause I've heard of some issues in backlog. Yeah. And, stuff, so. and it's just certain people, it just seems to be random. They're throwing some out, you know, whatever they got, sending them out. But I guess the, there's still the, the mass is, is on back yeah, order. Waiting. So, but, uh, I, I would definitely would like to get my hands on one to, to try it out. Like I say, it has a lot of advantages that I see already. So can I ask a few quick yeah, questions absolutely, on, a li- Mike? on a lighter note, Sean, I'm just wondering what yeah. your first, what your first airframe was like, did, was it a plane? Uh, yeah. Was it a quad? <laughs> a good do, you have any, do you have any good crash? We're always in the crash story yeah. business here and yeah, and what you and, could share things on a lighter note. Yeah. And, and what do you, hear. yeah. What do you like to fly on, on a, ba- a daily basis, Sean? That's a great question, Mike. Cool. I, I was hoping you guys asked me cause you know, I'm <laughs> again, I listen to your podcast and I know you guys asked everybody that, um, yep. My uh, first uh, airframe flying was actually the very, very first Align 450 before it was a carbon frame. Holy um, cow! Yeah, uh, mm. that was that was uh, that was uh, 
fun, but not fun. Uh, Nothing like jumping <laughs> right in with that EDF jet there, Sean. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a good. I'm a good pilot. I uh-huh. can do this. I got a simulator. Yep. It's <laughs> <Nah. laughs> so, a lot different when that big bad boy fires up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, especially when the props go, like everything goes the wrong direction. <laughs> and, oh, geez. You know, Been there, done that. Uh. Put, uh, put a little bit of thread lock in the wrong places, and yeah, it, it wasn't fun. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Again, I, I had nobody to talk to, and, and this horrible manual, you know, the little symbols. It was like, is that oil or is that thread lock? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, that, that was not fun. Um, oh, man. I, I got in so much trouble with the wife on that. Oh, how long did it last? I just got to know. How long did that first flight last? Probably not long to get things backwards. If I slammed on uh, the ground like mine. Let's see. It takes, what, five seconds for it to spool up and then flip over? Yep. Yeah, how about, that's about it. Oh. And then, then here you go, tearing the head apart, rebuilding the head, balancing everything yep. back. Oh, I've been there. Oh, that's the worst. Yep. All the vinyl flies off of uh, the wooden props. Yep. And yeah, it, uh, it wasn't it wasn't fun. And a really good crash was when I broke the when you break the tail boom on that. I'm like, mm. how did I do that? You know, <laughs> yep, it, it, it was impossible. This thing is so so small. And so, you know, using that I, talk, talking with people, I use that a lot for uh, <laughs> don't do what I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You but, know, um, you know, if only back in the day, Horizon did the best thing, and they put their safe system on some of their newer, smaller helis. You know, to where all you had to do was push a button. That would just be fantastic. But they didn't have yeah. that back then. No, no, flight, you know, flight controllers weren't even out for helicopters uh, back then. Yeah, you know, yeah, and no fly barless <laughs> stuff, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> my local hobby shop i walked in there and go yeah i bought this line for 15 and looking at me like i had horns coming out of me or something and, and what battery what do you need a battery for is it once you have gas oh and yeah like, oh, yeah boy never mind sorry <laughs> so, <laughs> that, but i still have that battery by the way it's a thunder power and it, it doesn't even have a balance lead on it that's how old it is oh my gosh <laughs> yeah wow so so how many and years then, ago um, was that? Because I'm not real familiar when that one came out. That was out. probably, what, seven, eight years ago? It's been a while. Ten? Um, at least ten. Could be ten, ten yeah. That's and you, probably and you started on ten. your own, so you had no assistance or anyone to go to, it sounds like. Wow. None. None. Oh, I, wow. I, did, I eventually did put it in the hands uh, of a, a really good pilot, and he's like, oh, my. He first was like, whoa, what what just happened? And Oh, my God, it, the the props are on backwards and, and listen. <laughs> like, Isn't it know. kind of humbling and embarrassing at the same time? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean it to go this bad. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, I remember in, you know, this was when I was starting out too. had a couple of planes and jumped in the helicopters, had the old, old blade CP pro. And I mean, that poor thing just yeah. went through and I'm like, you got to go down to the hobby shop and just buy all the spare parts they had because I knew I was going to crash. That, that was my next one. And it's the, it's not the 2.4 version. It was the yeah, FM version. That, yes, that's, yep. And, and yeah, I thought, oh, this will be so much easier because it's even lighter. I know. Not. 
<laughs> it was just as bad. Yep. And I, I'll never forget one time, you know, back then you're learning. You don't oh, know anything know. and you, you, you're just stupid. <laughs> my my, I, I, I completely destroyed it. So I had to rebuild the head. I'm trying to balance everything out. And I had to balance the blades. And I don't I didn't have a blade balancer. So back then you could put a, like a red mark and a black mark on the blades and then fire it up. And you could see that mark, and then you could tell yep. which blade was out of balance. So it's sitting on my kitchen table, and this thing's fired up, and I'm staring at the blades while this thing's fired up on the kitchen table trying to see which blade this was out. And my wife like comes through the door and is like, what are you doing? <laughs> You know, it was yeah. only. It wasn't too long before that one. You know, my first flight I'm was in the carrots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is our new processor, food processor, air model. I mean, the stupid air stuff man. I used to do back in the day. I'm so ashamed to even talk about it. But I think yeah. we've all been there. Oh man, been th- have seen and been through so many accidents. Uh. I mean, accidents like blood coming <laughs> yeah. out. Accidents. Yeah. yeah. Think yeah. about. That now I'm like, oh my gosh, I know. like lucky. Bowers pinky, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they look like hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so. great. So, currently, today, then obviously, you got through all that. Uh, what, yeah. What's in your stable? What do you like to pull out and oh, cruise man. around? I've got so much. Um, uh, every day on my backpack is uh, our QAVX, mm-hmm. uh, the new, the newer Sharpu. Um, it's just uh, it's it's so smooth and just so balanced that that it you know and I can I don't I'll I'll, I'll not afraid to even a newbie like here let me put it in um, angle mode and here here you go and and I'm not afraid of it I'm just I'm afraid of them you know them getting hurt so uh-huh. cautious of that but I'm not worried about the frame I know I can handle it you know so yeah uh, it, it that that's a great great quad um planes wise i have uh i have the uh video aero system the banshee absolutely nice. love that plane mm-hmm. um i have the mini arrow um oh yeah yep and love that um i have uh the mini talon uh that is an all-around phenomenal plane that you know speed and uh and if you want long flights, uh, that's that's a great plane. Um, I'm working on the My Twin Dream um, right now, building that, mm-hmm. and uh, that's going to be a long and long, long endurance uh, plane for me. Um, oh man, I've I've got a lot more, but um, you know, I pull out of the car the uh, the Mini Arrow the Mini Talon and the uh, the Micro Radiant. Those, those are my top three planes. Ah, pretty nice. Yep. Now, you, you triggered a little spark or light bulb here in my head. And we and we uh-huh. talked about this before, uh, especially with Andre. We've been talking about a lot lately. Is these flying wings, man? They're coming back huge. <laughs> I I just can't yep. believe. Like again, we back in the day. I always say back in the day. I feel like the, the old eighty year old guy. It's back funny. in the day when I walked up the school hill, boat, you know. Anyway, um, when the, we were flying the Swifts and and Capper and Bixler had the oh, Swift XLs. I fly my right. Swift to death. It's one of my favorite it, go to. Wings airframe. are great, it's and they point and go. Yeah, I mean, they're just. 
and they're they're crash worthy. Oh. I mean, you can beat them into the ground, especially a lot of them are made yeah. of they EPP. Might, they may not be the most eye appealing frame right. up there. Yeah, like what you're seeing, used to seeing a plane, but as far as flying, yeah, and being mind numbingly easy it, to me, it's one they're of the best. great. And they they sort of disappeared for a while, especially when the the quadcopter craze you know came about, and that you didn't see them now. Especially, it's really been blowing my mind here lately. Horizon Hobby has put out, what, three or four wings here lately in right. the last three or four months? Yep. They're, they're coming back, and I'm, I'm excited about it. Especially even it. flying FPV. They're a great platform to fly FPV. So my question to you, Sean, is have you guys been watching this? Or are you seeing it? Is there, it like is there some on their page anything here. Yeah, in the works of where you know you um, – you're, you're going to see more wings coming in your store? Um, I think we will. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm watching too. You know, the wings, um, the, the hardest part with wings um, is getting the CG right. Yeah. You know, once you get yep. the CG, it, it is like the sweetest feel uh, because it's so fast or it can just float forever. Um, but what we're seeing now is between the AS3X receiver, mm-hmm. um, FR Sky, we, we have the new uh, stabilized receiver for FR Sky, the six channel, uh, of the SBR, I believe. Um, the uh, uh, the safe technology, uh, the the little flight controllers. Um, there's there's one that I recently got called the the Bigelow. It's a little uh, a loft hobby sells it, I believe. It's a little uh, stabilizer with the GPS hooked up to it, so you have stability, or you can flip it and go return to home, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could throw that on even the mini arrow. Um, and, uh, you know, the, they're, for the beginner, you know, now you can just do it like an auto launch, and you don't have to worry so much about your investment crashing on the first flight, you know. Yeah. With, um, with, with the... Uh, with the wings uh, and wing racing, uh, we're seeing um, that um, beginning to catch on. Yep. Um, that you know between uh, sweep sweep wing um, planes, uh, video aerial systems wings, uh, even Team Legit um, out there, um, they're um, they're durable, like you said. And uh, they're not very expensive, to no. be honest, uh, right. to get into it. So, um, our, we're we're always working on some things. I'll say that, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I um, I'm huge into huge into the planes. So, um, you know, I it's it's hard to say uh, if we're gonna have anything come out at the moment, but. Um, but yeah, I, I think wings are definitely making a comeback right now. Yeah, I'm excited too, too, man. I like it. Mike, did you have any more questions? I know. Uh, nothing. You nothing sure? Off the top All right. A few more for you here, Sean. I hope. Hopefully, sure. we're not uh, keeping you too long. No, no. I, I get rattling. I don't shut up. And <laughs> um, what do you guys look at? As far as like sponsored pilots, you know, especially with the media craze out there today, all the social media and everything, uh, are you looking at YouTube videos? Are you looking at results on racing? I mean, what is the overall? And the reason I'm asking this because I know Eric Monroe personally, and we were actually trying to get him on today, but he was busy. We're going to get him on maybe next week. But anyway, like he's kind of a uh, has a little 
um, sponsorship yep. with you guys. So, and I know Eric, and I know what he does, and and everything. So, w- what do you guys look at? You know, when you're getting some sponsorship to someone. Yeah, I, I and I I know Eric myself too, and mm-hmm. he's a phenomenal guy. Um, yeah, a, a sponsor pilot. Um, it, it's uh, we're looking for all kinds of uh, things, and um, number one, you know. How, what kind of flying style do they have? Everybody flies differently. So, it, you know, does their flying style stand out? Uh, that's one. Two, how is the video edited? You know, mm-hmm. uh, just, to, just to take your recording and, and then throw an audio file on top of it, you know, that's, that's not, uh, right. not going to ca- catch anybody's attention. Dang it, um, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Another part is um, um, the the person themselves. You know um, the the personality that that they portray. Uh, how do they handle themselves? Um, you know how much content do they have out there? Uh, uh, those are some of the the main key factors. And some people we just find, and then some people uh, find us. Mm. So it's it goes back and forth. Um, that we we get. We get sent videos all the time. People uh, or in customer service coming through our email, uh, wanting um, you know, wanting us to sponsor them. So, mm-hmm. uh, but um, it's a, it's a chemistry. It's just, it's a little uh, mixture of all of that um, put together, and uh, you know, um, some some pilots. You know, some of them don't put out a lot of YouTube uh, recorded content. But are phenomenal pilots in the racing aspect. Mm-hmm. So more of the editing you'll see more on the freestyle pilot than you would a racer. Right. Right. Um, so so there's there's two types of sponsored uh, pilots out there really freestyle and racing. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, our, our YouTube channel is FT. No, just kidding. I'm just <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> I'm joking. All right, a uh, few more questions here for you. Uh, n- next couple might be kind of deep, but I'd like to get your opinion on it because it's kind of part of your business. So it, it you know could be good, could be bad down the road. But what do you see? You know, with this whole FAA thing here in the States of what's been going on, you know, uh, obviously we got part 107 that kind of helps some somewhat, but then they p- supposed to be, you know, putting the kibosh on the FPV pilots and even the racing, which I think is crazy if you're in a closed course competition, you know, um, and then you got the AMA coming in saying we're okay because you're, you know, part of the AMA and we can still fly under their guideline, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we've been through the whole thing. Um, right. And now, you know, I want to get David on here soon and talk about oh, that, but man, they, they just shut everything awesome. down in Sweden. Anything that, that has sustained flight and has a camera on it is illegal uh, now in Sweden. So what do you think down the road? Or, or does it make you guys a little nervous? I mean, this is your bread and butter here is the FPV stuff, and it, it just seems to be so touch and go. One minute we think we're okay, and then they pop in and, and shut stuff down, and then they kind of rela- things seem to relax a little bit. And I don't know. It's just it's so crazy right now with everything at this point of what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've been excited about Part 107 because 
before this, we were just n- being told no on every aspect, mm-hmm. you know, because they didn't have a way of FAA didn't have a way of regulating uh, what was going on. But, um, you know, now um, um, people can legally um, make a career and a hobby out of this, um, you know, and uh, actually getting more and more people into this hobby because daily I'm talking with institutions, high schools, um um, even uh, people like the Navy, Northrop Grumman, and so on are you know calling in and asking about these components and mm. how do we how do we get involved and you know uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, science um, classes and teachers moving into the drone industry and in um, FPV so. Um, that's where I'm really excited, you know, because now we, everybody does have a, a, a legal avenue in which they can go after this. Um, on the FPV side um, of them canceling it and, and shutting it down, you know, that can be scary. Um, but, you know, between the FAA and the AMA, um, you know, I, I don't. I can't say that wouldn't, but you know, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it going away, um, because in the in the states here, um, because technically we we are flying under the hobby, uh, hobby grade. Now to use an FPV system, and to be out of line of sight, mm-hmm. you know, the that is technically illegal at that point. Right. Um, so. That's the fun, that's a gray area, mm-hmm. you know. What what's what's out of sight? So, um, but um, you know, uh, to take to have somebody that's never done this hobby before and then try to fly miles away, I, I find that, that that's very dangerous. Absolutely, um, absolutely. You know, yep. And they and don't they don't know what they're doing. No, and it's. It's basically just you know they're it, they're so naive to it that they think oh wow you know you go to Best Buy and people are going to get mad I got a lot of hate mail over over this but you know you go into Best Buy and n- not knowing anything you buy one read the instructions and throw it in the air and think hey let's go not knowing you know perfect example not I want to get into this but just. You know, a good friend of mine has been in the hobby for years, but mostly cars is slowly getting into the airplane quadcopter side and being into the car industry, bought a, um, a Traxxas, that drone that Traxxas makes. I think it's an Anton. And he lives probably three miles from Burke Lakefront Airport and has been flying all around his house. Now, technically, it's illegal. And I, you know, told him what was going on with the FAA and this and that and the rules and regulations and the 400 foot rule. He had absolutely no idea about any of that. You know, it's the, the, the information, yeah, it's out there, but if you, you know, you don't know, or you don't get on the net and think about it or search for it, you have absolutely no clue. Exactly. Yeah. I, I encourage people there. There's so many apps now that, um, Make it make you aware of your surroundings. Um, you know the five mile rule. Well, what airports? Mm-hmm. Where you're located? Um, helicopter ports. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, where, where you thought you were perfectly fine, but come to find out there's a, you know, you've got an air base or something near you. Yeah. And to be honest, um, I've had numerous conversations with people that have lost their uh, aircraft due to the um, noise floor that was coming from maybe that air base or a cell tower or something. So, you know, uh, they, they've learned their lesson. They, they know they're not going to ever attempt that again mm-hmm. because, you know, they, they had the signal and then poof, you know, something of a stronger signal knocked it out of the sky. So, wow. you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it it's, uh, you know, I kind of wish there was a way that we would be able to hand off like here to, to fly this. You you have taken this course, you know. Yeah. You get your driver's license. Mm-hmm. You get you you have a boat. You take boat safety classes. You know, I I kind of wish that was in in this case too. But um, you know, yeah, I, think, uh, I agree. I think if the FAA and the airports, you know, the the radars get more and more sensitive, and then they can actually pick up when they're picking up us flying. And they have then a legal avenue for the law enforcement to come after those people. I think that would that would make a big change. But mm-hmm. um, right now, um, yeah, like you said, your friend, they can be flying and not know the danger that. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> that had would be putting other people in. Yeah, no idea. I mean, really, he probably wasn't doing anything wrong on paper. He was illegal, but. You know, right. he, but right. he still he had no no idea that anything had to be registered. He's like, you're telling me I got to register this with the? I said, yeah, I gave him all the information and the FAA's website. He went on right. and registered, but he's like, this is crazy, Chris. I said, I, I know, Eric, it is crazy, but this is the way it is, you know? He goes, I'm flying around a toy in my backyard. <laughs> I said, I know. <laughs> we totally agree with you, <laughs> you know? But right. it, it just blew his mind that he had absolutely no clue of any of these rules and regulations that were out there for flying a, a toy quadcopter in his backyard. Yeah. So anyway, Crazy. we could, I, I don't even want to get started with that. I could go on and on. <laughs> but what I do want to get is a little bit of your opinion on the drone racing because I don't follow it that close. I kind of know what's going on and, and see a little bit of it. But what we're seeing and hearing, and I've had quite a few people, and Andre, you too, uh, have sent me videos of everything that was kind of going on in Hawaii for the drone nationals, and it seems to be that thing was a complete disaster. I know, Mike, you talked to Chad Capper a little bit, and he wasn't happy about yeah, it. it didn't sound like it from my... What, what do we have to do to figure out this drone racing stuff to get it better i i don't i mean i i've been on the motocross professional racing side i was in it for 20 years so i know how in a big large event you know runs or needs to do and how to operate and so it kind of baffles me that i don't understand how these people can't get together <clears throat> or get an organization or come up with one set of rules and have some officials running it you know have a rule book this is the way it is if you don't like it you know this is what happens if this if you do that. how do we make this thing better or get it organized to the point where you know we don't have a bunch of pilots and officials you know arguing after they've traveled thousands and thousands of miles to Hawaii for supposed to be this great 
you know, drone national event. And it sounds like it was pretty, pretty bad from the videos and the people I've talked to. Yeah. We're again, we're in the beginning stages here with, with drone racing. Um, and everybody has different ideas on how the race leagues should be, um, handled. And, um, how many people should race at a given time and and who qualifies for what and all that so i mean nobody not all of and there's not nobody can come up with one set of rules yet and 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 everybody follow that um you know um we've seen um with the multi-gp um you know we've seen that um organization running and and um when we did the hd race um we we had some of the gentlemen there um uh, organize that Mm -hmm. and it it was it worked really well um so you know um when when a race doesn't go well it it just it comes down to how it was planned and organized and um and everything thought through so um yeah, it's we've we've seen some um, and heard of um, how the races have gone um, in New York and yeah. now in Hawaii. Right, and um, you know it's it's uh, it's very difficult um, to it, you know how does that affect new people that are trying to come into this? That's that's right. one one of the things I look at it, and um, so I think. Part of it is growing pains. I think um, everybody's going to learn from this, and moving on, um, we people will know how not to do it. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I see it. I see it just getting better um, in the in the future. Here, um, I think 2017 is uh, going to be a huge change on the racing aspect mm-hmm. um, with the timing systems. Um, that was part of this year was which timing system was working the best. Uh-huh. And so 2017, I think will, will be much, much better because all the, the, the bugs and mm-hmm. tweaks have been made and, and then, uh, everybody will know, um, okay, here's how we should do this. Um, here's how many people should fly at one time. Here are the rules. And, um, you know, I think we'll just look forward to the uh, improvements next year yeah and you know i'm not picking on everybody i I think that chris from multi gp he deserves a lot of props too because he's been with this in the beginning and and i've seen a lot of improvements and i haven't heard a lot of bad things about stuff that he's been doing and and now does he kind of run the drone that drone racing league too uh multi gp yes yes He, he run multi gp um and um tries to, he's all over the country mm-hmm. uh, at uh, all of the races um and um you know between their their app uh, and their timing system and uh, putting out um uh courses online for other people to follow um and um the rules and how you're supposed to record your footage and so on mm-hmm. um it's just uh, kind of those it's setting those ground rules so that everybody's playing 
um, on the same you know game front. So um, we also have uh, DRL uh, out there, mm-hmm. you know, and right. they're more they're setting they're set up more as kind of like NASCAR. So um, not everybody, nobody's got different frame. Everybody has the same frame. Oh, so okay. It, it comes yeah, it comes down to pilot skills mm-hmm. and and I a little bit of luck I think too because sure. you know when you run into somebody. Yeah, you don't. Nobody wants that, but it does happen. Um, but um, it it puts more on the piloting skills and their ability to fly and um, uh, hand and eye coordination with FPV goggles. So um, you know, it's hard. We'll we'll see this this you know in the next year or so. We'll see what which what where are we going to be going with this? You know, yes. Uh, will it all become? Like DRL, or will will mm-hmm. we can have two? It, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, last question here: um, do, you, do you think so? You don't think that the this has kind of hit its peak? There, you still see where this is still growing and and has more potential down the road than as far as the the quadcopter racing. Yeah, okay. I think so. I mean. Um, we had um, GoPro sponsored the um, race out on Governor's Island. Mm-hmm. Um, Mountain Dew um, sm- sponsoring the DRL race, um, and uh, I-, I think um, I think it's going to become um, bigger um, because I think we'll as it gets more organized and. Um, we get once we can get a lot more uh, video content like HD working, then um, uh, ESPN and um, outlets like that they'll be able to have content that they can actually broadcast uh, for the public to see. Um, you know, I, I I'd love to see um, HD on the wing racing. You know, yeah. I think that'd be you can yeah. see them, you can hear them. Yep. You can and the footage would be phenomenal coming from the plane. Yep. Um, so um, I don't think it's at its peak. I think we're just going through some uh, uh, growing pains, and um, you know I, I think it's uh, when some of the bigger big companies start picking up these um, um, races and pilots, it's going to be kind of come like the X Games, where um, you have all these, you know different type of flying and different courses you know um for freestyle uh, i think will will um pick up a lot more um whereas right now you don't see a whole lot of that you just see primarily racing so um you know if we start getting creative and where the courses are just you know um where they're flying um over uh, waterfalls and mm-hmm. going through these light hoops and uh, all kinds of crazy stuff like that, it's going to create for good entertainment. Yeah, and everybody I've talked to think the the wing racing is really going to going to take off. I could definitely see where that that could take off. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Ooh, I got I got one more question for you. I'm just curious huh? if if you've done this because if I lived in Florida and I lived near the ocean and I had a Phantom, I'd be doing this all the time. I'm just <laughs> curious if you're ever out flying around over the ocean looking for sharks. 
Yes. Yes. Have you seen yeah. any? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that uh, manatees, yep. sharks. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. It's uh, awesome. it's pretty. I do a lot of kayaking too, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't. I'm nervous about taking certain equipment out over that because you know. <laughs> oh yeah. I get a, a big wave or something, and then everything is. Yeah. Uh, Gone. Right, right, but, right. Um, yes, yeah. Um, it, it, sharks aren't everywhere all the time. Sure, um, you know because of the water temperature and mm-hmm. all that. But um, they have their breeding seasons and so on. But but dolphins, manatee uh, around here a lot mm-hmm. um, in the bays. Um, even uh, alligators and crocodiles. Um, they're they're known to come out on the beach. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, but even up in the up in the fresher uh, brackish water, you you'll about to find those. So yeah, that that can make some really fun um, uh, flying experience. That's where I'm 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 kind of excited to get my hands on the Mavic mm-hmm. and take it take it into those those environments. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah. it's much smaller. Yes. It's kind of big, you know, to, yep. be, to be carrying in in and around that kind of stuff. Right, right. I, I was even kind of amazed yesterday. We were in tight enough quarters that where when I fired that thing up, was trying to get them shots. I had leaves going everywhere for a little while, <laughs> you know. And that, like you said, the Mavics is so much smaller and gets in the uh, so much you know tighter spots. But but yeah, I'm a, I'm a big scuba diver, and I've been all over diving in Florida, and I've been on kind of on your side over there, well north of you there, all over in the Crystal River with the manatees yep. and out in the ocean. I love sharks, so. I've never been down there flying, you know, with the Phantom. Everything. I thought, man, if I lived on the coast, I'd be up and down that beach and in the coves and out looking for sharks and, you know, just personal footage and having me wake up in the morning and uh, I think flying down there with a Phantom would just be so much fun. Yeah, it, it, it. Um, you know, we're coming. We're coming into our flying season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Summer. Summer here is like uh, your winter up I there. Know. You know, it's so hot. Yeah. And uh, in the wind, in the rain, um, it just it gets unpredictable. So, in the winter is more of our flying time. In the summer, I do a lot more building than flying. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the winter uh, is when when we're out. I'm out flying a lot more often. So, it. Wow. Yeah. It's uh. Th- there's definitely uh a lot of uh, water. And um, the other thing that we have uh, is palmettos, these um, uh, prehistoric-looking um, leafy mm-hmm. uh, plants with mean, mean yes. uh, teeth on their uh, um, stems. Yeah. And if you go down in the woods, oh, forget about it. It's gone. You're, you're, there's no walking through the woods here. It's it's just gone. Yeah. So. um so it's so it's do i fly over the woods or do i fly over the water so (laughs) both we try to (laughs) we 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 typically will do a lot of flying at some sod farms um, oh yeah sod grass so um nice wide open green areas hey that uh i can't think of it right off the top of my head but that company just come out with that float system for the phantoms you know with with being in florida man that would be cool to try out a set of those down there i saw that the other day too yeah that was pretty cool that was a 
that started as a kick Kickstarter program, I think. So. Yeah. yeah. And the, um, the videos I've seen, man, it really works like you could come down kind of all wobbly around the water and it's, it's such a wide footprint that that, you know, it, that thing just sets right. It almost looks easier to land with that stuff on the water than it doesn't normally on, you know, that looks pretty cool. Yeah, we we were uh, another um, uh, a great frame uh, that uh, works down here is the um, um, Alex sells it. Um, from urban drone oh splash drone quad yeah Yeah. the splash drone yeah exactly so um uh that's another great frame that we um we we have been selling Mm -hmm. um and uh they uh that's something else you know you can just take it out fly it around like a phantom and you know who cares i can just land it right on the water or even if it gets wet it's nothing's gonna get hurt I know. I was. Uh, I, I talked. To, I haven't talked. To, uh, well, I seen him at Flight Fest for a little bit when we talked. But um, even way back in the day when he first started all this, before he even had all his YouTube stuff, I, I chatted with him a little bit, and he was he was supposed to send. He's like, "Oh man, I want to send you guys one. I haven't seen one." Alex, edit. If you're listening, <laughs> please send us a splash drone. I'd like to try one out. My my <laughs> ultimate thing I've been wanting to do for the last two or three years, and I keep telling Wayne about it, and we just haven't got to it, is I want to go out and fly in a, not so much a big thunderstorm, but just a nasty, rainy day. I want to take like my beaver, my fly zone beaver, waterproof it. It's got lights all over it. I want to go down in the, and just pouring down rain and i want to go fly around but i want to film it and the splash drone would be the the best thing you follow that thing around the rainstorm film it and throw it on youtube that's my big goal so that would be phenomenal footage and yeah nobody's ever i I haven't seen much of that see people fly around storms but not in them yeah exactly and i want to do that so bad because like you said nobody's really done that or you haven't seen it i mean you've seen some footage you know if you have a splash drone it's rain you know alex is he had some uh shots of when he was testing the splash drone he's out in the rain he's flying around but i want to film something you know flying in the rain so i don't know we'll see Plus, in the winter, you, you know, with all the snow, yes. you guys, you guys yes. could just land it right in the snow. The, you know? Yeah, that's and it's got the waterproof gimbal. Exactly, and that's the other thing <laughs> is uh, I love to fly in snowstorms. I got some good, good footage of flying here in some pretty gnarly, nasty snowstorms. And, and again, like you said, it would be great to follow an airplane around in a snowstorm and film it because you just don't see it. Yeah, yeah. There, there's another. Um, a waterproof quad I've have had my eyes on and uh, that's made by Aquacopter. Okay, the, uh, yep. Bullfrog and Mini Bullfrog. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd love to get my hands on one of those to uh, to uh, take out. Uh, the Mini Bullfrog is like a 250 size uh, frame, and um, you know it, it's waterproof. The only thing sticking outside would be your um, your motors. Even the GPS, they have you install the GPS underneath the uh, clear cover oh wow uh, so i thought that would be fun mm-hmm. absolutely i'd love to try something like that eh, we'll see yeah. what happens you never know yeah well sean i'm out of questions buddy hi uh andre you have anything else for sean uh, i'm i'm good it's been really neat to uh to hear uh, another uh industry uh yes start or not even starts the wrong word but industry story it's uh, we actually quite enjoy the ability to talk mm-hmm. uh with people who are you know entrenched in, in trying to make our hobby better right uh, 
so get the other side of the the you know the aspect of what they see and what you know i i think it's great to get you guys yes, on the podcast absolutely. and talk to you i love it oh i i uh i've enjoyed this so much and you know it was great meeting you guys at flight fest and uh you know um and just am so am, uh happy and um to to that i have uh somewhere i can turn my customers to mm-hmm. to hear great content and you know it's not somebody teaching you it's just somebody you can just sit, you can sit back like you're talking with your buddies yep. and and talk about the hobby and um and uh, get you know learn um on what what you can do and what you can't do and um but uh yeah you you guys are doing a great job thank um, you it, it's a lot of work you guys put into this and the time you guys take and you, I know you're not not getting paid for it, so you know. So um, you know, it's just just phenomenal um, that you guys are doing this. Yeah, we appreciate it. We uh, we'll try to keep it going. Uh, Sean Ponser, is that my pronouncing that right? You got it, Ponser. Yep. Sean Ponser, thank you for joining us today on the FT After Hours podcast. For all your FPV needs, go check out getfpv.com. Their their website's phenomenal. Anything fpv related or quad related or parts or prop whatever you need they have it go check it out thanks for joining us here on the ft after hours again rafino and roman from switzerland thanks for listening i know you're listening (laughs) so thanks guys we appreciate uh all the love you guys have been giving us out there so that's it for us for another podcast we'll be back in a couple weeks Thanks, everybody, Thank on you. Periscope for hanging out. Mike, I'm so happy you're back, buddy. <laughs> I just want to give you a big hug. Oh, I'm geez. so glad you got your deer and you're out of the woods. Oh, yes, and, the pressure's and off. Mike, have you seen? I was posting some videos last week. I was out looking for you, buddy. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't find me. I was looking for you. <laughs> you might have ruined my, my experience there. I couldn't find you. I'm like, I know he's here somewhere. I didn't. I couldn't find. I found a giant tree I'm stand out there. I'm pretty tight in some thick cover, uh, so it's not really I was looking for you. friendly where I'm at. Let me tell you. <laughs> I was looking for you. Uh, All right, guys. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see you later. See ya. Bye. <laughs>